AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. I know it's If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. Hey, how you doing? We are going into Super Bowl week. What are the keys to victory for the Cincinnati Bengals? They've they've invested two hundred and thirty million dollars in their defense. They've done except, and you can see their return, their ROI return their on their investment on defense is coming back. They the way they shut down. King Henry. Uh, yes, he wasn't 100%, but that man ain't a tiptoer now. He was still, even though he wasn't 100%, he was still, he was dropping still, a load on some still folks. still a different dynamic. He has a different dynamic. They play and you gotta And you well. have to account for him. Yep. Awuzie, um, he was a free agent from the Cowboys. Um, they decided to go with Anthony Brown, the Cowboys, and you can see Awuzie's mm-hmm. paying dividends mm-hmm. for that investment for yep. the Cowboys letting him walk. Yeah. Um, Jesse Bates the third, all star, right? Yeah. He's all star. He's a guy. He's making he's different. plays. Making he's making plays. plays. He's also he gets his head in the game so much that he he's not afraid to get ran over. He will get ran over a few times, but he shows up every play. And he's not afraid. He'll pick one off too. He, he will. So he's very smart. Um, from the shoulders up, um, IQ of football is outstanding. From the shoulders down, yeah. it's 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 remarkable as well. So what are your keys to the game for the Los Angeles Rams? So Los Angeles Rams, uh, can they defense uh, maintain their dominance? Uh, Floyd, Donald, and Von Miller cannot have cannot have an off day. Mm. Um, got my guy back who I saw him at the Rose Bowl. We were chit chatting and talking. Oh yeah, your boy Eric. Eric, and then what? now he's playing right. So that's that's pretty remarkable. That's awesome. Uh, Love what you know. You have to address the, the the elephant in the room is look at the explosiveness and um, getting a man uh, taking those handcuffs off and allowing him to be the Odell Beckham that we we we've mm-hmm. loved to see that makes the 
the spectacular grabs, the makes the the yeah. the yards after catch. Yeah. He's playing well, and you got him with Cooper Cup. I say you that, got Cooper Cup on the well, that other Ebony end. That, that makes it a, Listen, that makes it things a whole lot different. You, you could call him Ebony and Ivory. You can call him <laughs> uh, Hot Chocolate and 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 Marshmallows. Rick James and Tina Marie. Hey, them brothers are singing a good song and a great combination, right? It's awesome, right? Yeah. Just watching them play. But you know, Matthew Stafford is bat- battling mm-hmm. a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams uh, have had some injuries, uh, you know, a little bit with Withworth and some of those guys on the offensive line, but they're playing. Great and uh, Cam Macon coming back, he's been a spark plug. So there you have it. Those are the keys to victory for Super Bowl Fifty Six. Let's see 56. what happens. No, right? That's crazy. Dang 56. you, old. You old. And you older than me. So what that says? What that says? Cut, cut, <laughs> cut. <laughs>tackle uh, also play, you played in too you played a lot of different things for a big man you were very versatile um you know the more you can do the longer you can stay around smitty absolutely. you know that's how they get down man absolutely <laughs> super bowl champ with the g man with the new york giants and then also being drafted by the star by the dallas cowboys uh attending university of virginia man welcome to the cut to a podcast with steve smith and Gerard Little John, man, um, just thanks for taking the time, uh, you know, out your busy schedule. Uh, you in New York and traveling, doing all the stuff you're doing, out, you know, going out in Bristol. So I know, uh, you know, you taking your time is a privilege and we don't want to uh, we don't want to overlook that. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, I'm glad I'm finally having the opportunity and having the privilege to be on. I can't believe that you had my co-host, Mike Gola Jr., on before me. Yeah. But that's a story for another day. We'll have to get that straight. Oh, that, that, that's my fault, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ran into you ran into that one on your own. I know. We weren't going. We weren't going to throw you under the bus. That's what's up, man. I mean, yeah. listen, I, I can't say enough good things about what you've done in your post-playing career. Not only the stuff that you're doing in sports media. But the stuff that you do in the community, man, and just that leadership that you've shown, that you've demonstrated, um, is something to be admired. And it's something that's also inspiring for the next generation of athletes following behind you. Well, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it, man. Let's get let's 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 get to the fun stuff, man. So um, if you had one extra hour of free time a day, how would you use it? I use it to work out. Cause I need to start getting back into working out. Yeah. It's hard for me to get motivated to work out when there's not a check on the other end of it. And with the 24 hours that I have between the business ventures that I got going on and then the sports media stuff, making sure that I'm on top of the latest news and notes from around the sports world. Um, it just doesn't seem like I have enough time. Mm-hmm. Also just got engaged. So you got oh, congratulations. Appreciate what? it. Appreciate it. Appreciate he finally it. settled down. It's going down in August in Chicago. It finally settled down. Wow. A wonderful woman. Um, that brother proud. He bought the ring. Invest, I also got to invest in that relationship too. So yeah. it's just like it doesn't seem like there's enough hours in the day yeah. to get everything that I need to get done. And so the one part that's kind of fallen off since I stopped playing is making sure that I'm regularly in the gym. So yeah. if I had an extra hour every day, yeah. I'd absolutely put that toward working out. Man, I, I just think that. Man, when you work out and you push yourself through it and you're forced to do it, man, when you have that that freedom, mm-hmm. you just go, 
no, I'm good. You just go. Mm. Then something, then something happens, like the mirror hits you. Right? <laughs> that tells no lies, right? That mirror comes. Unless that you mir- got that funhouse mirror. Man, then- you got that mirror coming. You look. You go. Oh, I I just ain't what I used to be. And then you get on. <laughs> then you get on the scale for further confirmation. That scale say. You fat boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what got me. Because you know, Smitty, I'm I'm six eight, so you know I can stretch. You know, yeah, stretch way. You think you can stretch? Train. But go ahead. I think I can. I think I can. But when I stepped on that scale and I saw a number, and going back to last year when we were in the middle of the pandemic, I, I saw a number that I had never seen before. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, dog. I was those, like, those pandemic snacks just, hit I'm different. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's one thing to be in the three hundreds, but when you start being on the other side of three fifty, that's Ooh. when I realized I was like, all right, we got a problem. We got to scale this thing way back. Hey, bro, I got up to three fit. I got up to two fifteen. Three fifteen. You two two. I got up to two fifteen. Yeah, and I'm five and, nine. So two fifteen on five nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you 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 out here looking like Maurice Jones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> leave my dog alone, man. Leave my I, leave my dog. Stop it. You Stop. know I got love for dog too. That's why I can keep it one hundred. Always love. That's bad it's how you said that. Love. I don't like that. I we I, I don't like that. It's you, always love. You man. ain't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on. We've digressed. Hey, man. What are you most grateful for right now? Uh, I'm most grateful for the relationship that I'm in right now. Like this is a new chapter for me getting engaged and huge chapter. Uh, for Mel, me. Mel, Mel and I have been together for four years now and just, it, it felt like this was the official start to my life after football, mm. like meeting her and courting her and, and then just the growth that I've seen in her and the growth that I've seen in myself. Mm. Um, I'm grateful for that, man. I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for my family. Everybody in my immediate family made it through the pandemic. I I know we're still kind of dealing with a couple of variants, but everybody's healthy. Everybody's good. You know, all blessings on that front, man. And that's not something that I take for granted because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of friends, a lot of former teammates who lost family members at various points during the pandemic. And so I think that's, that's been one of those things that's kind of, gave me a new level of appreciation for just, you know, health and strength and, and being able to to love on the people that you care about the yeah. most in this world, not missing those opportunities. Try not to get wrapped up when you follow up uh, after what you just said and how you said it and how you, you know, what you said is, is sometimes we feel like we have to follow or something. You know, you try to, I'm just going back on my career and just seeing people that, I enjoyed, but then also like some bugaboos or like pet peeves. And I think in a locker room, a lot of times it happens, the one upper, right? Because, <laughs> you know, and so I, yep. and so the way he said, it, I just, I, I kind of went backwards. I'm like, man, I don't want to be that. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for life, right? Just, I think that's, that's plenty, right? Yeah. Like being grateful. Cause there's a lot of people who maybe woke up and they didn't have that today. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just after he said it, like, I just going I, back. Yeah, that ain't a cliche thing. Nah, but I just, with, with Chris is it, right now with Chris is so different. 
because we'll get into the football aspect, man. Me and Chris were teammates at the right time, at the right moment, mm-hmm. with the right perspective, mm-hmm. right? Our perspective was so, we were so unapologetic on our pursuit of being a Raven and being a bully and playing and establishing ourselves, mm-hmm. but also raising our level of expectation because Troy was still playing at the time, Troy Palomalu, right? Mm-hmm. Big Ben was Big <clears throat> Ben. They had some good players. And that was my first time in Baltimore as a Raven. And I and, and so much had transpired leading up to that of me proving myself as a Raven, proving myself as still, you know, a 36, 37-year-old player. And Chris has known me for a long time, played against me, known me. And it was like, well, how much does he have left in the tank? And Chris, like Chris, Haloti, uh, Doom, there's a few guys that they were like, you understand what we got. And then there were some guys that, like, doubted me. Like, y'all bet, all right, y'all going to doubt Y'all going to doubt Smitty, y'all going to see him. You're going to find out real quick. And so we'll get into later talking ball on that because I had to establish my physicality and establish myself very early. But I also fell into some machismo, some some guy interaction that even in Baltimore, it took him back a little bit. And, and Haloti and Chris... Like some of those guys saw a part of me. They were like, "See, I I told y'all, y'all didn't poke the wrong bear." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But we do go way back, yep. Smitty. I mean, even to when I was in college, yep. and you were with the Carolina Panthers. My parents still called the Charlotte community home, yep. and so I had an opportunity to get to know Smitty before I even got into the league. And then my early days with the Dallas Cowboys, I remember you used to invite me out to your annual yep. golf outing. Um, but just the way that you carried yourself and the class that you you exhibited, but then the dog that you had on the field. Like, I was just like, if, if there's anybody that's doing this the right way in terms of being a top competitor, but also being a stalwart in the community, that's Steve Smith. Like, that, that, was, that was who he was. And so when he decided to... to come to the Baltimore Ravens after his time with the Carolina Panthers. I was like, I know exactly what we're getting. We're getting somebody <laughs> that that embodies all of the things that we were proud to have on the defensive side of the ball. Like the mentality in Baltimore with that organization, it's always been defense. It's yeah. always been rugged. It's always been dogs. And that was the element that we didn't have on that offensive side of the ball. The Ravens lost that when they lost Anquan Bolden. Yeah. And so when they got Steve, when we got Steve Smith, like it was like, okay, now we back on. Like mm-hmm. that's why we were in the playoffs because we had that identity on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it was, man, I, I mean, from day one, Shockey Brown. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember Shockey Brown. He had to learn that the hard way, though. <laughs> I'm a- Shockey had to learn the hard way. <laughs> if anybody knows, you know, if you know football, they're Big Ten – Big 12, man, Mountain West, Pac-10, uh, Pac-12, like we're considered the the cousin, right? We, we in a family of football, but we're really not respected, and rightfully so. Looking at the bowl season this year, like we literally only had, I think we are 0-5, right, in bowls for Pac-12. So we weren't, we are not really looked at as a 
Like SEC. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Right. But Shockey Brown, who we're good now, we're cool. Uh, we were actually in a, in a buddy, a former teammate's wedding together. But, man, we get there, and Shockey's a Texas dude, right? I'm talking about he he's in, he went to Texas, physicality, all that stuff. And Shockey was, was a, he was a talker, but he wasn't – all football players are talkers, right? They're, they jab, they talk, they, they're funny, but they're also extremely competitive, right? Vinegar and water – when it comes to competitors, when they're in Baltimore, they keep it really competitive. Like, they keep count. And, man, me and Shockey used to go at it, and I would come in, and you've heard it, a lot of teammates. I come in, and in Baltimore, I had, like, I knew I had to earn my stripes. There was a question mark of, can old dude still play? And I came in, and Shockey tried me. And uh, Ladarius tried me. There was a few dudes. So, so when you say tried me, what did, what did they do? When I say tried me, we sitting there, and they we be in the cafeteria, and just to say something, what you, what you doing today, old man? Mm. And I used to always tell mm-hmm. him, I say, listen, you can press me. Just don't hit me in my face mask. Remember? In the, in mm-hmm. the calf. Don't hit me in my face mask. Ninja, what you going to do if I hit you in your face? I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my eggs today, but I'm telling you, when we get out on that football say, y'all field. Y'all already prepping over, over breakfast. Y'all in the I'm, calf I, getting right, getting And that's how it was. Baltimore yeah. was. Yeah. It was challenging. When you walked in a room, mm-hmm. when you walked in the facility, you better be on your P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. Your, your yeah. game will be challenged. Mm-hmm. And so we would just go at it. And so it was Ladarius. It was a lot of those guys. They would challenge me. Sis, who's my locker mate. Man, they talking about blah, blah, blah. Well, let me see what you got today. Uh, eight, nine, what you got? <laughs> And so it's scissors. I'm in the middle. Scissors to the right. Canty is one over. Doom was over there too. Doom was over, over there. there. Elvis Doomerville. Elvis Doomerville. Um, Haloti Nada. Mm. Um, who else? Who else was? Who else was on Park Avenue? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Um, <laughs> Y'all called it Park Avenue. Yeah, cause it was a lot of money on that. It was. It was a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Hey. Hey. It was, it was, I just I was like, wait a minute, I got I got a simmer with that with that metaphor. It'll it it probably about four about four hundred million dollars worth of earn earn checks on there. Like who was it? Haloti was in his third contract. I was on my third yeah. or fourth contract. Yeah. Sis, third contract. Man, yeah. he was on his third contract. Uh-huh. It was a third or four. Yeah. It was a whole bunch of us. Uh-huh. It was shoot. I'm telling you, probably it'll probably half a billion dollars worth of on that, on there. But you know what's funny, Smitty? You say that, but the way we went to work. Oh, it was, we set day, the tone. You would have never, you would have never known it. It was oh. like, it was like, there was a lot of money, but guys grinded like we were on our rookie deals, like we were still yep. trying to prove ourselves. The outlier was Shockey Brown. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, the right. outlier was Shockey right. Brown. Well, he was on like, that, he was like Trade Street. He was over there, bro. No, he was like Public Works. <laughs> he was public. St. James, right. Vermont <laughs> Avenue, right? I'd probably be in like Hope Street Avenue. somewhere. Yeah, St. James, right? <laughs> right? So he's sitting there, and so in practice, so he hit he hits me in my face mask. Mm-hmm. And I said something, and Spags was a DB coach at the time, Spagnola. Spagnola, see someone? Yeah. And I said something to him. I said, yo, your guy hit me. And Spags looked at me. Chris looked at me and was like, you ain't going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. 
I will, I he Chris saw a look in my eye. This is middle train camp. He saw a look in my eye. I walked over there and I said, "Y'all done fucked up now," mm-hmm. and walked back. I put my red mouthpiece in my mouth, buttoned up my chin strap. The next play, we had to break down into wide receivers and DBs blocking. And a wide receiver was the running back. (laughs) The receiver was the blocker. Mm -hmm. Corner. So I go up to go, but... uh, Old school Oklahoma drill. Yes. I I go (laughs) up. This is Oklahoma. I I go up, but one of the guys that was supposed to go up was a guy I respected, right? He and I was like, man, I'm not in the right frame of mind. Yeah. And Shockey says, no, don't worry about it, dog. I'll go next. No, it's not time to like, strap oh, up. Okay, yeah. here we go. Right. Here we here go. We, go. <laughs> we line up, uh-huh. strap up, put my mouthpiece in my mouth. Bobby Ingram, head uh, the wide receivers coach. Now he's a tight ends coach. Blows the whistle. Mm-hmm. We run. Bye. Boom. Yeah. After we hit, Shockey helmet. Pops up. Mm-hmm. Now, how does Chris know? First of all, it's buzzing around there that Steve is hot. He's yeah. on a tangent. Mm-hmm. Then they also watched it as a unit, uh-huh. and the coaches on the iPad rewatched it. Because you know what happened after we collided? Uh-huh. Guess what Shockey did not know we was about to do? What do you think we did? I mean, if this Oklahoma drill, he probably mad, right? You, you ready to scrap. Okay. Tell him what I did the next, right after we hit, collided. Yeah. Shockey pulls down his helmet. What did I do? You just let him know what it was. I started boxing him, literally. Boop, boop, boop. Started hitting him. Oh, that's right. You did. That's right. Helmet pops up. Helmet pops up. He puts it down, and now I'm throwing haymakers underneath his chin strap, and he's, Paul's, eating them. That that's right, because we got back in the locker room. I remember we got back, got back, in, the back in the locker because room because I he got back in the locker room. All we kept he all got we back. kept saying was that that Mr. T line, I pity the fool. <laughs> like we just kept saying that about Shaggy Brown. You got pity the fool by Steve Smith. But hey, see here, got here's the other the part that you got. He got pity the fool by 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 Steve Smith. But but I think in that moment he was agent eighty nine. So what you got to understand, yeah. like with Steve, like he's got. Split personalities. It's like three or four different Steve Smith. Like no, no disrespect. <laughs> none taken. Like, they all. They not. None Steve, of them are offended right now. <laughs> I, I, Steve, I'm, letting, I'm letting you cook. There's Steve. There's Mr. Smith. There's there's, there's Smitty, and then there's Agent 89. And in that moment, it was age of 89, because when he put that mouthpiece in, it was something on his mind. And, I knew, and, here, and here's the thing. I knew how it was going to end. Shockey Brown didn't. But what Steve didn't tell you was Shockey was always one of those dudes that was popping off in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And we felt like, and as veteran players, we're like, okay, that's cool, but you're doing a lot of talking and we're not seeing the production. So we wanted to let it play out because we felt like this would be a lesson for Shockey so he could learn, so he could be a more productive player and help us win. Like, this was a means to an end for us. Oh, it was a means to an end. Yeah, yeah. Sears knew what was going to happen. Like, In other words, we can show you better than we can tell you. 
But the problem, the problem but, is, but, but see, we had to, but see, we had told him before. That's my, that's my point. We told him yeah, all that's that my popping point. off. Ain't so he got to get shown. You go out there and ball. You got to go out there and ball. Yeah. But when you pop off, you are gonna run up on the wrong one, yeah. and he gonna learn today. And that's exactly what AJ eighty nine told him. The, here's the problem though. No boy was talking me off the ledge because it was gonna go. It was going down in the locker room mm -hmm. till this day, which is is sad. And I'm not saying it in a bragging way. Shocky was sitting in his locker in full uniform. Mm -hmm. Remember he had his helmet on? Because mm -hmm. I told him, they coach is like, hey, y'all take it in the locker room. Sis said, no, nah, coach. Mm -mm. <laughs> Sis like, don't, no, we, we got to keep practicing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Bro, I sat, I, they literally, Haloti, few of them was like, man, keep it out of the locker room. Because Shockey was sitting in his locker with his pants on because he expected what I expected. It was gonna go down. It was gonna be as we say, it was not a little bit. It was gonna be a whole bunch of furniture moving. Mm -hmm. And and Sizz actually was the one Sizz like, don't do it, bro. Cause I was at the point, I was on red. Yeah. I had the code to the nuke button and I was pushing <laughs> it. And them boys like, don't do it. Yeah. You already got two strikes, Steve. Don't <laughs> <laughs> and we sat, we literally he sat in the you want to see you get put behind the wall <laughs> oh Third it was strike. <laughs> it was gone as the season went on Shockey's biggest encouragement his biggest cheerleader was me when he made a play I was the first person to let him know it took me probably about three or four weeks because I actually was so hot I had put him in my phone. I had a little, I had put a reminder in my phone. I said, moving forward now, bro, when you check in, I'm putting you on notice. My goal on Monday, whoop Shockey's ass. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, whoop Shockey's ass. And I had actually put it in my calendar <laughs> every day. Whoop. And he walked over and told him in his locker, like, we going at it today. Every like, that's day. That's what he did. Yeah. I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. And finally, after about three weeks, I was like, look, you can play in this league. Just keep your mouth closed. Chop wood. You'll be all right. And unfortunately, we had sustained some injuries, like two games in. That actually ended up where he had to make a play. And if you go back, that play I gave, I made against the Cincinnati Bengals to win the game comes back. And the play that A.J. AJ Green made, guess who that corner was? Who was on? Shockey. Shockey Brown. Mm -hmm. But instead of putting him down, we all encouraged him to let him know that he had earned his stripes, to that mistake was not who he was moving forward. That A.J. Brown is just a damn really good player. Uh, A.J. Uh, Green. Uh, AJ, uh, yeah, A.J. Green, and he is a pro bowler, and he just had you today. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And... You can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can 
buy merch, and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Would love to get your take on this, Chris. Is What's the psyche, as, as, as Steve talks about, the dynamic and the makeup of the locker room, from your vantage point too, Chris, playing with not only the Baltimore Ravens at that time, but with the Giants win the Super Bowl and with the Dallas Cowboys. What's the psyche of a playoff team? And now as we're, we're getting ready to go into the playoffs and subsequently leading to the Super Bowl, what's the psyche of then a Super Bowl winning team? Like bringing in all together those different types of personality traits and characters. Well, the mentality is not the same. When I was with the Dallas Cowboys and we were in the mm-hmm. playoffs, that, that was arguably the most talented team that I've ever been a part of in 2007. We were 13 and three, the number one seed in the conference, and we were one and done. We lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion, New York Giants. Now, that was a team in our division that we had boat raced twice in the regular season. But when it comes to success in the postseason, and Steve can attest to this, it's not just about being able to have talent. It's Mm -hmm. about the chemistry. It's about the culture that you have in the building. And that's what allowed my Giants team in 2011 to win the chip. Like to this day, that's the only team not to have double digit wins Mm -hmm. to actually win the Super Bowl. And the reason for that, the reason why we were able to survive a stretch during the regular season where we lost four straight games was because you had the right mix of guys in that locker room. You had a core of players that had a confidence that they could get it done because a lot of them had done it before four years earlier. But then you also had some guys that were hungry and that were trying to prove that they were elite players in this league. There were guys that were trying to establish themselves as young players. It was the right blend. It wasn't always sunshine and roses in that locker room. I didn't like every player in that locker room, but I loved every player Mm -hmm. in that locker room. And to Steve's point, that's why you ride. It's got to be about something bigger than yourself when you go out there and play, especially in the biggest stages and the biggest games in this league. If it's only about you, you can make selfish decisions. You can make business decisions that don't necessarily lead to team success. But when it's about the guy next to you, there's a certain sacrifice. And a trust. There's a certain trust that you're willing to repay with sacrificing your body for the greater good. Like 
Tom Coughlin used to stand up in front of us all the time, and he would say, my job as a coach is to be your mirror. All I do is tell you what I see. The other thing that I'm responsible for doing is trying to get you to do what you don't want to do so you can become what you want to become. I think that 2011 Giants team is a perfect example of that because we were not the most talented team in the NFL. We were not. But you guys hit it at the right moment. And it's also also hitting it at the right moment. You got to think about it. Y'all had, I believe, R.J. McCorders. Right, as a DB. No, RW wasn't on that team. He was on the 2017. Gotcha. So yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had Deion Grant. Yes. Deion Grant so, was D- our yeah, DG. Deion and Antrail. Yep. So yep. You, had, you had some players, basically, were they at the elite level? On paper, no. But when you went against them, man, them son of a guns was elite. They could tell you what route mm-hmm. you're running. They could... They, they could Watch this, watch that. They they had they spent enough time studying. And when they played, they were well versed, well prepared, mm. and the anticipation of the play calling was dynamic. And they were able to execute it as well, right? That's, I think that's one of the biggest things that I think young folks that are playing today lack which is finishing and execution. Because I am- And notice I, you didn't say talent. Nope. Because my, you can be a high energy practice guy, but if on whatever designated day you're playing, if you don't execute, then that high energy doesn't mean anything. You can go to work and have a lot of high energy, but if you get fired, guess what you ain't got? A paycheck, mm-hmm. right? So execution. <laughs> And I think, and I believe sometimes people think about because this football stuff now, sports has become more too about personality. And sometimes you can fool people. And I'm not gonna name no names, <coughs> but I'm just saying I'm not na- trying to like talk around Carolina. I'm talking about the league overall. You can have some players who are really good in the community, but piss poor execution on Sunday. And it takes mm-hmm. you a while to figure out that they're fraudulent, that they're fake CEOs, that what they really are are managers, shift managers who can hide behind stuff. But when you're a real CEO, see, he was a D tackle. So he mm-hmm. was a CEO of Chris Canty LLC mm-hmm. as a D tackle. <laughs> and he went against a guard and a center who were CEOs. Mm-hmm. And you found out real quickly that CEO, that business, that company, yeah. a lot better than that other company he was going up against. Yeah. And 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 that's the that's the difference. These young these young guys, and there's guys like Cooper Cup. That young man, he figures it out, and he's a great executor, yeah. right? Great finisher, mm-hmm. man. But there's some players out there, and I'm not naming names or trying to say that, but I just I'm trying to be honest. Not all 53 guys on the roster are great. Some of them are just butt-ass average, right? And it's nothing wrong with it. Yep. But because they have that star or that emblem, that shield, they get a hall pass. Man, that shield and that star can't say your ass on the white, between the white lines, and they yeah. say, say, go. It's fourth, it's fourth and three. Mm-hmm. Playing, against, playing against him is fourth and three, playing against uh, Chris Canty. He's with whoever he's with. Mm-hmm. 
We going fourth and three. They got a passer. Chris Kane, you know, they're going to either run some kind of trickery, run a screen. But if they if they don't run this screen and they run in a pass, and he knows I'm on the other side, he knows they're going to one guy. He's going to be the first look, and that first yeah. look is going to be me. Yeah. And so I'm looking in the hole going, mm-hmm. Chris is looking at me. They all look at me. Check this, check that. And I'm looking going, I got to answer because I can't let – I can't let the men and women, and I said women, because all these men have women and children that depend on they're doing their job, and then when the quarterback delivers the ball, I can't let them down. I can't take food off their table, take gas out of their minivans. And so I'm going, and I realize what it is. And so football, man, football is one of those things, it gives you so much. It can buy you and, 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 and free you up to do things that. Man, I, I, I just feel it. I feel me and Chris and a lot of guys we've had on this podcast as professional players, professionals. Man, I lived a thousand kings' lives. I've lived in palaces. I've been able to, we've been able to travel the world, do things. But that's because we execute. And I'm not saying it in a flex. I'm not saying it now. I'm just saying what it is. But at the end of the day, it goes to, if you can execute and you can do it and you can follow through and you have that ability to keep everything together, man, it's probably one of the things that you can never duplicate. And you can do it with men that you've sweat with, that they know your hustle, they know they grind, but they also know your failures and they, your, they know your skeletons because they've watched you suffer in a weight room Get injured in the training room. Bury your heart and your soul. Cry when you get injured. Look in the eyes and the souls of men after they've lost and been defeated. And then do it all over again no more. Yep. That's the beautiful part about sports, but also football, man. Yep. And I think that football is the greatest team game because you got to have all 11 seeing it the same way in order to be successful. Yep in any given play. And the thing that you said, Steve, that really resonated right there is like the game of football pays you back. And when you say that people automatically go to the money, but you also go to the relationship. Yep. Like, I mean, there are guys that I play with college and pro. Those are going to be lifelong brothers. to yep. me. And the reason why it's like that is because they see the sacrifice that I was willing to make for them. Not the fake sacrifice. And that developed the bond. That the, that that developed the bond. That yep. developed the trust level. Like that guy knew that he could depend on me. If how if how he feeds his family is dependent on how I'm gonna play on Sunday, he knew he could depend on me. And, and, and that's important. And that's because we're in the weight room. We're on the field together, and he sees, man, Tuesday, we did it wrong. Ain't no off day. Ain't no off day. Wednesday, no off day Wednesday we did. We, we in there. Wednesday we did it wrong. Thursday we. Did three out of five right. Friday, we walking through it. Saturday is our last opportunity. I don't know, coach. Look at him. He'll get it. Mm. And then on Sunday, he got it. He didn't just get it. He blew it up, tackled a guy, caused a fumble. We picked it up. And then all of a sudden, then I'm in the same weight room as him, maybe doing – I know for a fact doing a lot less weights than Chris, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then giving the ball. So just just all of that. Man, you know, talk about you you with the Dallas Cowboys, man. Talk about that star. That star gives some guys some average dudes. 
Man, that started that star like a that started like three billion dollars, man. You see, an ugly brother. That's you see. You know what they say is, man. Uh, money is not everything, but it's right there up with oxygen. You know, I, I take it's nice, it. It's nice to have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna turn it down, right? And oh man, you you go you go fourth round, hundred and thirty second overall pick out of Virginia University of Virginia, and you go there. And tell me the impact of playing for America's team with the Dallas Cowboys, and you got one of probably the most in most intriguing, intense, straightforward, but yet sometimes will play with your mind with with uh, Bill Parcells. So for me. Um... Getting drafted to Dallas was cool, but I wasn't excited about it because I went in the fourth round and I thought I was going to be, you know, first round pick or second round pick. But I had some major injuries coming out of college. I dislocated my knee, tore three ligaments, and then I had a detached retina. So I'm getting to Dallas and they they got a ton of injury concerns around me. They don't even know if I'm going to ever be able to play football again. So I'm pissed about the situation, but I go into it um with a lot of experience and i say a lot of experience because i played for al grow at the university of virginia mm-hmm. and anybody that knows football knows He's that a al, rough around al the edges. was one of parts <laughs> yeah rough around the edges but he was one of bill parcells lieutenants when he was with the new york giants winning super bowls so at the time bill was switching from a 4-3 defense to a 34 defense and that's all I played in college. Mm. So when I get into the locker room, I'm with guys like Leroy Glover and Greg Ellis. And, um, you know, they're trying to ask me about what we're doing defensively. Hell, even Mike Zimmer's asking me about how the defensive front needs to be called in order to be able to play stack defense. Because I played You've stack defense yeah. for four years in college. And, oh, by the way, one of my mentors while I was in Charlottesville was Howie Long because he lived there. So I, I knew pretty much everything there is to know about three, four defense. Cheater. So he came in like the winter soldier. He over there playing <laughs> Contra with the cheat code. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. So from that standpoint, it wasn't, it wasn't a it wasn't a huge, huge learning curve for me. The biggest adjustment for me was going up against grown men. And and the the thing that going to Dallas did for me was I got a chance to practice against Larry Allen and Flozell Adams every single day. Every single day. Good I remember Larry's. my first training camp Great. practice. I had a one-on-one pass rush against Larry Allen. Do tell. And How'd that work to, out? <laughs> I, 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 tried a, I tried a bullshit spin move. Mm-hmm. And he caught me mid-spin by my right up under there. <laughs> yeah, right up under there. <laughs> I knew where that was and, going. And, and, and chokeslammed me and then started seawalking. And I looked at my defensive line coach, Casey Rogers, and he said, I got good news and I got bad news. I said, well, hell, what's the what's the good news? The good news is that's about as best as you're going to see for the rest of your career. I said, okay, well, what's the bad news? The bad news is you're going to practice again. That song every day, (laughs) but 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 that but that was what allowed me to learn the NFL game, kind of like that teachable moment that Shockey Brown had with Steve Smith. That was my teachable moment in a much different way. But he was right because I, I I never went into a game and felt overwhelmed 
by any of the opponents that I was going up against. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Steve, I think you hit on something that not a lot of people talk about, but it's a real thing. Dallas does make guys stars, literally and figuratively. The problem with that is guys think they're a lot better than they actually are. And that's that's why those Cowboys haven't won a championship since 1995. That, that's that's why they 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 have this perception of what they are, and sometimes that gets in the way of doing the things that are hard in order to move your program forward. Making sure that on a day in day out basis, guys are grinding. It's too comfortable down there in Dallas more often than not. It's too com- because everybody's praising you. Bill Parcells used to say. Don't take the cheese. Don't take the cheese. But when you have an owner in Jerry Jones that loves stars and caters to them, it makes it tough to have the right mindset in order to compete and win at the highest levels of the sport. Hmm. I love Jerry Jones. I'm just saying that's the reality. Well, of it. It, it, the reason I brought it, I, I brought that up is because there are some players over the years. Uh, Des Bryant, he's a star. He was a hell of a player. He was a guy that you had to – he kept offensive coordinators You're up. counting for Dez. Oh, you, yeah, absolutely. There's a guy like Miles Austin who he played well. Mm-hmm. But because he played for Dallas, he was a superstar. But then when you look at his statistics, you hear the word superstar and you look at his stats, and my man is under 10,000. Yards total. That ain't a superstar, right? And it's not shaded. Was he a superstar? He Car- but he, hey, hey, but when we was playing down there, he's dating Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. To your point, though, yeah. yeah. Star- and it's not. And it's not. Sh- like Tony, I, I, Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. He's a star. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But sometimes all of that stuff can get in the way of a team focusing on the things that's going to help them do high-level winning. Steve, I'm telling you, man, 15 Pro Bowlers in 2007. If you didn't make the Pro Bowl, you was an alternate. <laughs> that, that, that's how it was with the Cowboys because we were that good. So then how did you not take the cheese? And, and, 
We did. No, I'm saying you. No, no, no. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you individually. I know you. No, I'm not saying collectively. I'm talking about you. You individually. Well, I, I was still, I was still pole. I was still, <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, listen, listen I, he getting you know, body you, slammed you by make, Larry you, Allen you, every week. You making two hundred, you reaching, you making two hundred thousand dollars a year. You like, I ain't got time. To well, you brought it back up. I was gonna ask you what was your view of that seawalk. Like, was it more snoopish or was it more like little bow wowish? <laughs> I don't know. From my perspective, flat on my back. That's what I'm asking. You. I was, what was your view I of it? Really yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. As, or the kind of DJ quick. Hey, as Les Brown would say, it, when you get knocked down, if you can look up, yeah. get up. That boy Chris was like, no, I don't want to get up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I thought he broke something. <laughs> Categorize your NFL experience. Um, you talked about Dallas. Now you tr you're transitioning to a. You're not also now just in a historical organization. Now you're in what they Gotham City, right? Now you're in New York, New Jersey. High expectations, right? You're on a team with a Manning. You got Michael Strahan. You know, you got all of these guys on the team. And then you got an expectation. And y'all are kind of, you, you, you're living it a little bit the expectation on the football field and you're letting the folks down, right? You, 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 you give them a little bit, just, just, just a little taste. And then all of a sudden you, you know, you don't live up to the expectations. So what was your NFL experience after leaving Dallas, becoming a free agent, going to the, to, to the giants? Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm from New York. I was born in New York. Um, so it was an opportunity to come back to the crib. Um, and I, they gave me a monster contract, like, and I remember being in Jerry Reese's office and me a contract off. And I was like, well, this ain't what I wanted. Like I wanted a certain number in my average annual value. And, um, Jerry Reese was like, well, I can't pay you that because we got guys that have made pro bowls and won super bowls that, that aren't getting paid that. And I told Jerry Reese, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> like if you don't, if you can't give me my money, then I'm going somewhere else. And I already had another team that was on deck that was ready to fly me from New York to their place and, and, and get the deal done. And so they ended up doing the deal and it was this huge relief because I had been grinding for four years trying to get to this paper. And, um, and so that first year in New York was kind of like a paid vacation for me. Like I wasn't the best version of myself. I was eating good. It was Del Frisco's. It was STK. I'm partying in Greenhouse. Mr. Childs. Like I'm kicking it. I'm kicking it, Mr. Childs. I'm kicking it with the Knicks players, yeah. the Yankees dudes. Like you know, because everybody knows my name, and I got that bag, and I'm from the. So it's just like I'm just living it up. Like you know, M six in front of M two. That's what it was. Like I, if you talk. Any given day of the week, if you were trying to figure out what the night spot was, guys would come to me because I knew it was crack. Like, I knew I had a schedule. Like, and it wasn't about working out. It was like, okay, it's this club on this night. It's this club on this. Like, I was living it. Like, that that first year, Jerry Reese absolutely did not get his money for it. That was the first year. Well, at least give us a good that club experience. Give me a good club yeah, story. Yeah. No, 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 uh -oh, no, 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 man. Oh, uh -uh. Hold on. So oh, he got I, illustrations. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
hope these ain't photos. <laughs> hey, dog. Nah, I ain't got no illustrations. I got to plug my power cord. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hold on, so I'm, yeah. I, I, gotta, I thought he's, I I thought he's getting a whiteboard. Uh-uh, I don't want that. I, <laughs> I thought he's getting uh-uh. an external hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Nah, he got a white, nah, he about nah. to die. Well, let me tell you something. I can't let y'all get that evidence, Let me tell you something. I I need permission. I need permission slips from a lot of guys before I can get to them dump stores. And... My guest room ain't never had a six foot eight dude yeah. in the guest room. I don't even know what that bed looks like. <laughs> Look, compared to you, yeah. no, man, I'm, I'm, man. Hey, my, my house, we got the bed of midgets, right? <laughs> compared to a six foot eight. I don't even know how to, hey, you, you got a spare bed? No, nah, brother, no. Yeah. So I don't want, I don't want, nah, I, man, you ain't trying to move in with to, me. We used to. We used to kick it. We used to kick it heavy. But after that first year, um, that was time for me to just kind of relax and enjoy having the finance and security. But then I got refocused on, okay, this is my career. Let me make sure I'm a professional. We're trying to accomplish something here. We got a core guys that can actually do some winning. And I got back on my grind because I wanted, like every NFL player, they want to have that championship ring on their resume. And especially in a place like New York, like you win in New York, they will never forget you. Like a part of why I'm working in sports media now is because I got that Super Bowl ring in 2011. You know, so it's just one of those things like I got back on that type of grind. Um, 2010, we won 10 games, but we didn't get into the playoffs. And then obviously 2011, we sneak into the playoffs, winning the division against the Cowboys in week 17. And then uh, we went on a run from there. In 2012, when the Giants decided that they were going to cut me after that season, that was one of those things that was hard to swallow because it was the place that I wanted to be. It was the guys that I wanted to be working with. Um, And for the first time in my football career, I was told I wasn't good enough. You know, I got fired. Um, And that's kind of one of those things that, drove me to want to go to Baltimore because that was a franchise that had a lot of cast offs, had a lot of misfits, a lot of guys that had the same mentality. And so I wanted to be a part of what Isaiah put together just because I had my own ax to grind, which was to try to prove to Jerry Reese and the New York Giants that they made a mistake in getting rid of me. Um, and that's where I actually rediscovered my passion for football. Um, you know, taking it back to when I first started playing in high school because it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about a quest for a ring. It wasn't about some agenda. It was about just enjoying the opportunity to dominate the man across from me every single play. And that was the collective mentality of the Ravens. What do you mean specifically your passion you you reignited your passion for football people would naturally assume that as athletes you guys eat sleep breathe it 24 7 that's the only thing and in business or corporate america like everyone doesn't wake up like you know what i can't wait to get to work right like you have other things that you are that you have within your life i I would i would disagree you you have to during the season you have to eat, breathe football because outside of mm-hmm. pr- outside of playing. So that's what he's saying. He but so yeah. is that what you're saying when you lost your passion? 
No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's yeah. like the business side of football can sometimes get in the way of your passion for the game. And mm -hmm. so for me, like I was riding high after we won the Super Bowl, but then I had to have a knee surgery. I had to have an eye surgery. Only played in eight games in 2012, and then the Giants cut me. So when they cut me, it's like, damn, I got told for the first time I wasn't good enough, yeah. and that 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 hurt me in a way. That, that, and it you wasn't know, your and it fault. It just kind of affected me. It was, it, it, yeah, it wasn't your fault. Like some of the, you get an injury, yeah. you don't wake up and say, man, let me get a knee injury today, <laughs> right? Especially, especially microfractures. Yes. Like I had to have microfractures. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's one of those things like, man, I, like, why is all of this happening mm -hmm. to me? Why are they doing this to me? Why is this going down like that? It just, it takes away from it because like there's an underbelly to the sport. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we don't, we're, we're getting rid of you. We don't want you here anymore. Like, imagine this, you won a Super Bowl the year before, they call you in after the next year and they say, we appreciate everything you've done for us, but we're cutting you today or we're firing you today. We got X, Y, and Z, they're going to clear out your locker for you and where you're no you longer your a part shipped? of this organization. Yeah, where do you, where do you want your stuff yeah. shipped? Like, all your, yeah, whole, we gonna, we, we, yeah. your, your whole life, your whole life, of your locker and they they box it up and they ask you where would you like it to be what did you do with that stuff how, how did you handle that i it's still in a box in my crib in south carolina now smitty it's still in the box bro i still hadn't un, i still hadn't even gone through it. it and it's crazy man because these are people that tried to frame it as this is family we we all in this together like this is you know and yet, when they fired me, I talked to the general manager. He fired me. I talked to Coach Coughlin. And then when I got back out of Coach Coughlin's office, they had a security officer there to escort me out of the building to my car. Like, after we, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we worked together to, to put this trophy in the trophy case. And then this is how you treat me. Mm. So, again, when I say rediscovering my passion for football, I don't necessarily mean it in the sense that I didn't love the game at some point. I just didn't like the business of the game. But I was able to put all that to the side in Baltimore just because of the mentality that the general manager, Ozzie Newsom had and the mentality that the guys in the locker room had, which, which was, yeah. listen, all of us are misfits. All of us are rejects. And guess what? We're going to shove it up everybody else's ass in the NFL. And that's why we bought you here. What's funny? My st I I, they may still have it. All of my stuff. When I was in Baltimore, I, I had two. I, when I was in Carolina, I had two lockers. The locker of my, of my stuff and then my shoes. Like because of my custom shoes, because of my feet and all that stuff. But when they cut me, I grabbed my photos. I grab my mouthpiece, I grab some significant things, and I grab my shoulder pads. All the other Panther stuff that they had, all my cleats, I left it. The shit's still in there. They, uh, Donnie was like, hey, you know, if you want that, no, I'm good. You can have it. three, four boxes of stuff still sitting in there, my name labeled on there, and I go, no, nah, I don't want it. One, it's not I don't want it because of I was upset. It was a transition of business. I'm not wearing that like back out. 
in the community. Like, you ain't going to see me walking mm-hmm. through the grocery store in some Panther gear cleats. Like, got to use them. <laughs> Let me get this avocado. <laughs> right? And, and it's just because you going on to the next team. So the only thing I had is my, my stuff that was essential to me that I needed. And then my shoulder pads. My shoulder pads were the same shoulder pads I wore my whole career. Warm in Baltimore, they tried to get me to change them because of the color. I was like, no, I want those shoulder pads. But you just the business aspect of it, man, it's so, I don't want to say grimy, but it's a business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's, man, we love you until you cannot work for us anymore. Yeah. We'll be cordial. Don't make a big scene, right? Security's going to walk you down. For me, and they cut me, I already knew they was cutting. All right. My deal was, don't make me drive my ass down there. <laughs> At eight o'clock, when you right. knew you, you was going, you know you're going to do this. You knew you was going to come yeah. me last night. Yeah. Cause now I'm at, I'm me. I told him, Smitty, Steve, Stevon, Agent Eight Nine. I'm acting fool. So if you cut me uh-huh. Saturday morning, and you knew Friday night or Thursday afternoon you was going to cut me, yeah. Your ass better cut me the day you know you're going right. to cut me. Cause if I drive, I ain't trying home, to make this extra trip. <laughs> if I drive, if I drive, if yeah. I if I get my cup of coffee. Right. Warm my car up. And I got to turn back around. And I got to turn back around. <laughs> Somebody going to catch these hands. <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve, you're exactly right. And not only did they make me burn my gas when I got cut by the Giants, but I had to pay that toll coming across the <laughs> <laughs> In New Jersey. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be, I need to be reimbursed. Oh, yeah. man. Hey, you oh, emotionally unstable it, still. Just, all, just, you drive just, past that toll like, that $5 they knew they could have saved. Man, I need to expense this. <laughs> oh, $5, man. Man, that's $13. <laughs> man, gave us, you gave us all that we asked for and more, brother. It's been a privilege, honor to talk to you, man. Teammate, a brother. A dude I admire, man. Uh, uh, a halfway charlatan, but he, that, my man is my man is in the same way, so man. You I love pass. you. Got to pass, bro. I love Charlotte. He loves Charlotte, mm. but I'm from LA. He's from Brooklyn, man. At the end of the day, right? And um, man, I, um, absolutely, Steve. It's an honor and a privilege to be on your podcast, and the feeling is mutual in terms of your impact mm. on my life. And I just want to continue to. To, to send good vibes Absolutely. and blessings over you and your family. And again, I can't I can't say enough about the work that you do in the community, man. Keep for doing sure. that, man. And not, not a lot of people talk about it, but there's a need for that, man. The work that you do with domestic violence and highlighting that, man, continue with that, brother. We love you for that. Appreciate it, brother. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent, and most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter. 
with production assistance by Alex Labreck, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.